0: Call his name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. And so this morning, this Christmas day, I just want us to focus, I just want us to talk about that. About Jesus, the Christ, the Savior. Jesus, meaning the Savior, the one who saves us from our sins. Christ, the Savior of the world. Call his name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. Now, you and I, most of us, at least understand why man is in need of a savior. Of somebody who can save them from sin. You know, man's greatest problem is not biological. It's not something that you do genetic engineering and you fix it. Great, it's solved. Man's greatest problem is not psychological. It's not emotional. It's not, okay, let me have a new perspective on life and the world will be totally different. Man's greatest problem is not metaphysical. That is, oh, this world is an illusion. If I don't get too attached to the world, I'll be fine. But man's greatest problem is moral or spiritual in nature. It is a problem of sin. That's the greatest problem man faces. And you and I are familiar with what happened when God created man. The Bible tells us that, you know, God and man, Adam and Eve, had had a wonderful communion, a wonderful relationship where God would even walk in the garden and talk to them. He would just relate to them so freely. It was an open, wonderful relationship that God had with man and man had with God. And you and I know that God did warn man. He said, you know, the day you sin, you will die. The day you do the wrong thing, the thing that I told you not to do, the day you sin, you will die. Adam and Eve sinned. They died. What happened? Something came in between them and God, sin. Sin disconnected man from God. So the real problem is not psychological, it's not biological, it's not metaphysical. It is spiritual, it is this thing called sin that disconnects man from God. And sin has its consequences, as you and I are aware of. It has its consequences in this present world. Sin disconnects us from God. The Bible tells us, you know, God's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. His ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. But your sins have separated you from God. So sin has its consequence right now. We are separated from God in this world. But sin also has eternal consequence. The Bible says the result of sin is death. So man is going to be forever, eternally separated from God in hell. Now, the important thing is this. Every man needs a savior. Somebody who can rescue him from sin because all have sins. The psalmist said, I was born in sin, and in sin my mother conceived me. The Bible says, For by one man sin came into the world, and death passed through all men because all have sins. All have sin. So every human person, every person needs a savior. Somebody who can deliver him from sin. Now the fact is that no human being has inherent capacity or capability to set themselves free from sin. So someone, someone might say, you know, why can't I be my own savior? Why can't I save myself? Good thought, but an impossible impossibility. Because you were born in sin, sin inherently dominates every person. So try as hard as we may, it's impossible for us to deliver ourselves from sin. And the Bible goes on to state that even our best actions are like filthy rags before God. They're not acceptable to God. Our best actions are like filthy rags before God. So the point is that every human person needs a savior from sin. Because we can't save ourselves. And so here's the great news. Call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is a true saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The Bible says that God loved the world so much, he sent his son to be the savior of the world. The savior of the world. Now, here's how Jesus did it this was God who became man. Lived a perfect life. Thank God for his birth. Today we celebrate his birth. The day Christmas day. But Jesus didn't come. Just to be born in a manger. The manger is not what saves you and me. Jesus came. His main purpose was the cross. The cross is what. Is a place where you and I experience our salvation. So on the cross. Jesus was crucified. He took upon himself a This was God in flesh taking upon him the sins of the whole world. Because no other man could die. Every man would have to die for his sin. Only Jesus, God in flesh, could die for the sins of the whole world. So here on the cross, he took upon him the sins of the whole world. Became our substitute. The penalty that was to be on you and me was upon him on the cross. The Bible says he became the payment for our sins. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. He took upon him sin and all of its consequences, which is sickness and death. He died, he was buried, and the third day he rose up again. And then he commissioned his disciples saying, Go to the whole world and tell people that there is forgiveness of sins in my name. Go to the whole world. There's forgiveness of sins in my name. Now here's what I want us to zero in on this morning. And that is Christ's claim, not just to be a savior of the world, but to be the savior of the world. Jesus claimed to be the only savior. When he said, I am the way, he was not pointing to one of the many ways. He was saying, I am the only way. When he said, I am the truth, he was not pointing to one of the many truths that people could relate to. He said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Meaning, I am the only way. This is the only answer for the entire human race. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus said. And the Bible very explicitly states Jesus as the only Savior of the world. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son so that anyone who believes him will not die but have eternal life. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Meaning there's no other way. The Bible says he who has the Son has life and he who does not have the Son does not have life. The Bible also declares there is no salvation in anyone else because there is no other name given under heaven among men by which we can be saved. Meaning there's only one name for salvation. It's Jesus. There's only one Savior. It's Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. Call his name Jesus because he is the Savior of the world. Now the question is how can you and I Validate. How can we say he is the only savior? Because there are so many belief systems in the world today. Many, many belief systems. And we are saying that Jesus is the savior. And the Bible says he is the savior. What I want to do very briefly now is to highlight the key points of some of the world's belief systems. The prominent ones. Of course, there are many, many belief systems in the world. And we can't go through all of them. But I want to highlight some of the prominent ones. Not to put any of these belief systems down. But for you and I to understand why Jesus says he is the only savior of the world. Consider for instance Hinduism. Hinduism is very very uh, broad. Very vast. Has many forms and many expressions. But if you look at classical Hinduism, here is the main philosophy, the core philosophy of classical Hinduism. And it is this, that the world is Maya, it's illusion, just a dream. And you and I are in samsara, we are caught in a wheel or a cycle of birth and rebirth. And there is the transmigration of the soul, or reincarnation as we would call it, where from every cycle depending on your karma or whether you accomplish enough dharma in each life cycle, you will ascend to a higher life form or you will descend to a lower life form. So as a human being, you might come back as an animal or you might come back as a human being in a higher state, social status, just depending on your karma. And if you accumulated enough dharma in each cycle in samsara, And for you to break out of the cycle that is called moksha or salvation, it depends on whether you accumulate enough dharma to reach a higher, higher, higher life form and eventually break out of it and be united with the ultimate reality because all of this world is maya. The ultimate reality is called brahma. There is no concept of God. There is no God. You become one with this ultimate reality. And to get there, there are people called gurus who have supposedly achieved that but are around to help you and me through yoga, and there are many forms of yoga, and you can choose which form of yoga you want to practice, whether it's the mechanical form of chanting, whether it's the exercise form of breathing and all of that, or it's the knowledge form of yoga, or whatever the many forms of yoga, you can choose one of those forms of yoga to break out and attain moksha. The main point is this, that's the core concept of Hinduism. The main point is this, that in all of this, there is no concept of God saving man. Think about Buddhism. Many of you and I are familiar with Buddhism. Siddhartha Gautama sat under a Bodhi tree, attained enlightenment, and this is what he said. He summed up his old philosophy in four main points. One, suffering exists. All suffering is because of desire. Number three, Eliminate desire, you will eliminate suffering. Number four. To eliminate suffering, you practice the the fourfold path or or the eightfold right action. Do the right things, you will eliminate suffering. And the whole objective is to attain nirvana, which means a freedom from self and desire and this illusionary world. There is originally, in classical Buddhism, of course there are various forms of Buddhism including Zen Buddhism, but in classical Buddhism there is no concept of God. God does not exist. So there is no concept of a God coming in love to save you and me and deliver us from the root of our problems, that is sin. Think about Taoism, which is the predominant religion or philosophy of China. Started by a man, love, zoo." and the exact date is not known, but sometime after Christ coming. He wrote a book, "The Way of the Tao," where he defines or he expresses his philosophy, which many people follow, saying, "There is a force in all of existence. And essentially, if you want to live a complete life, a full life, you must learn to flow and balance between the force. And that's why we have this symbol of Taoism, the yin and the yang, the the white portion with a little black in it and the black portion with a little white in it. It's all about learning to flow so that you don't lean on too much onto either of the energies or the forces. The whole world has opposite forces, good and bad, love and hate, peace and war. And if you just flow in between, you can live a complete life. No concept of God. Are a loving God reaching man think about Islam the last belief system you look at prophet Muhammad now Islam and Christianity or Judeo Christianity have interesting roots because both of us, uh, both these religions belief systems start similarly up to the point of Abraham's sons Isaac and Ishmael where Christ, Judeo Christianity focuses on what God did through Isaac, Islam focuses on what God did through Ishmael And the whole teaching of Islam. Is summed up in these five doctrines. One. Is that Allah is God. There is no other God but him. Two. Muhammad is his prophet. Islam acknowledges the prophet Moses. And prophet Jesus. And the fact that Jesus did miracles. But Muhammad is the the most latest. And the greatest of all of these prophets. The third doctrine is about the Quran. The Quran is the highest book. Superseding the works of Moses. The Psalms and even the gospels. And the fourth is that. There are intermediary beings between God and man called angels. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. And the fifth doctrine of Islam is simply this. For you to attain salvation, you will have to pray five times a day, give alms, fast one month a year, and go to pilgrimage to Mecca. That's how you attain salvation. So in the core teaching of Islam, there is no concept of a loving God reaching out to a fallen man. So looking at all the world's belief systems, you and I can say, there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus. This is God who came from heaven to earth. To address man's most important need, which is to deal with the problem of sin and restore man to God. Jesus is unique. He was unique in his birth no other one no one else was born of a virgin unique in his birth supernatural birth unique in his life he modeled what he taught many of the leaders broke the very laws that they formulated for their philosophies it's kind of embarrassing to mention some of them so i won't do it but jesus modeled his life modeled what he taught and his life was supernatural he worked the miracles No one else did such mighty miracles. He was supernatural or unique in his death. He was the only one who died for the sins of the world. Socrates was an interesting man. He died for his philosophy. Very very good, noble, very noble. Because he taught and they crucified, they killed him for his teaching. But Jesus didn't just die for his teaching. He died for the sins of the world. And it doesn't end there. It's very unique because he was the only one who rose up from the dead, showed himself alive with many unquestionable proofs to his disciples and the one who ascended and today transforms lives. His teachings are so different because his teaching is not about you changing yourself. His teaching is about you receiving God so that you can, so that God can change you. He said, "God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son. That if you believe, you'll be saved." He said, "You must be born again, meaning receive life from above." So it's not about how you change your life. It's not about whether you can accumulate enough dharma. It's not about whether you can uh, disconnect yourself from disconnect you from yourself. And from your desires. And from this world. It's not about whether you can balance. Between the two energies. The forces in life. It's not about how many pilgrimages you go. And how many many months you fast. It's so simply about receiving. The love of God. Very unique in his teaching. So you and I can say. This is truly. The savior. Of the world. Amen. Call his name Jesus. Because he will save his people. From their sins. The interesting thing about the Bible is. It's not about how much works you do. It's all about the goodness of God. What we call the grace of God. And us receiving the free gift. The Bible says. The free gift of God is eternal life. The free gift of God. Is eternal life. No more striving just a simple moment of receiving God's free gift. The free gift of God is eternal life. So I want to conclude this morning by asking or challenging us. If there are people here this morning and maybe it's your first time to church or, or maybe you've been to church several times before, but if you personally have not received the Savior of the world, then I want to ask you, I encourage you to do that this morning because every man needs a Savior. Every human being needs a Savior. Our root problem is sin and there's only one Savior from from sin. His name is Jesus. Some of you, maybe, you once loved the Lord but somewhere along the way your love for Him got cold and got a little distracted, wandered off the path, got lost in the world. But you're here today Because it's Christmas day. I want to invite you. Not only to come to Jesus. And just give your life back to him. Because he's not only the one who saves us. But the Bible says he saves us to the uttermost. Because he always lives to make intercession for us. That means no matter how far you've gone. If you come to him. He will save to the uttermost. And for those of us who really love Jesus. And trust him to be the Savior of the world. I want to challenge you and me. You know, if we really believe that He is the Savior, then why aren't we talking about Him? I mean, if you really believe He is the Savior, I mean, think of it. All the prominent world's belief systems do not offer a Savior. You and I know of the Savior, the only Savior. Why aren't we talking more about him. Imagine if you were standing on the bank of a river that was flowing very rapidly, and you had, you know, equipment that could save a person's life. And out in the middle of the river was this person who, you know, who was just drowning. Is about to lose his life. What would you do? I'm almost certain that every person would throw out whatever equipment you had to try to save the drowning person. I'm almost certain we'd do that. And that's the same thing with this message of the Savior of the world. It's time for you and me to be so confident that Jesus is the Savior that we will boldly speak Him and proclaim Him to those in need of the Savior. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to call the worship team up this morning. As we go into a time of prayer here before we dismiss, you know, I I need the Savior in my life. I'm not sure if my sins have been dealt with. There's no need to ask if we are a sinner. We all know we've all sinned. But if you're not sure whether your sins have been dealt with, whether you are in a relationship with the living God, then this morning I want to pray with you so that you can receive the Savior of the world. Call His name Jesus. Because He will save His people from their sins. Every head bowed, every eye closed, everyone praying. Is anyone here this morning and you'd say, you know, I want the Savior in my life. I want this Jesus who came about 2,000 years ago to be the Savior. I want Him in my life to save me from my sins. I'm ready to believe in Him. The Bible says if you believe in Him, you will be saved. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. Believers is praying. If you want to receive the Savior this morning, or maybe you are one of those who have just wandered away from God and you just want to come back to the Savior and say I believe you can save people to the uttermost I'm one of those who have just wandered away to the uttermost but I know you can still save me I know you can still change my life if there are people here this morning and you just want the touch of the Savior Whether it's to forgive your sins, or just to bring you back into that relationship that you once had. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want, in, I want you to indicate your prayer this morning by just lifting up your hands. Just when you lift up your hand, anyone here this morning you say, I want the Savior. Just go ahead, lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. Just put your hand up. I see several hands going up. So I want the Savior of the world in my life. Put your hand I Keep your hand up. I want the Savior of the world in my life. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Those of you who lifted your hands. I want you to pray this with me. You can pray something like this. Lord Jesus. I believe. You are the only Savior of the world. This Christmas day I am coming to you. Save me from my sins. Make me your very own. Be the Savior of my life. I will follow you and you alone rest of my life. In Jesus' name. For the rest of us this morning, I want you to just pray a prayer in your heart saying, Lord Jesus, if if I believe that you are truly the Savior of the world, then I want to do something about it. fill me with your holy boldness and love that I will take your name and your message to those around me Lord can you pray something like that from your heart this morning call his name Jesus because he is the one who saves people from their sins Father, I just pray that you will stir up every heart, every life here this morning, God. That we will be so filled with a fire from God, with the fire from heaven. To proclaim the Savior of the world. To those who are lost and who are dying all around us. My God, stir us up. Fill us, Lord God, with a Holy passion to proclaim the Savior of the world to those around us. We thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior. Can we just worship Him this morning for a few moments? I'll just hand it off to the team and let's just worship the Savior of the world. The one who came into this world, gave his life for us, rose up the third day. Today is seated in glory, honor, before whom one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he alone is Lord. Let's just worship the Savior. Sing.
1: My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever author of salvation, He rose.